Welcome to MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue, and we're coming to you from the campus of Middle Tennessee State University in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Beset by the rising cost of tuition and textbooks and the looming threat of post-graduation loan debt, college students are becoming entrepreneurs in search of dollars. One of these is Nathan Fink, a music business major who lives in Lebanon, Tennessee. Recently, Nathan was interviewed for www.marketplace.com. The 21-year-old has two businesses going in addition to his studies, and he no longer depends on his parents for money. How this enterprising young man gets along after this. Here are some of the headlines making news at mtsunews.com, the university's news and information website. After 20 years of providing resources for students to take out, the James E. Walker Library at MTSU is offering the community a chance to give back. In celebration of its 20th anniversary, the library is launching its 20 for 20 campaign to raise funds to continue current services and launch some new ones. Visited by 25,000 people each week, Walker Library provides a vast array of services including reference, circulation, digital collections, open access publishing, library instruction, and access to special collections of rare and old books. Donors may give $20, that's a dollar for each year of the library's existence, or any amount they choose on a one-time or a monthly basis. And app developers are the most in-demand tech workers in Middle Tennessee, accounting for 17% of all tech job postings. This according to a new MTSU report. The Software Development Middle Tennessee report was developed by the Department of Information Systems and Analytics in MTSU's Jones College of Business in partnership with the Nashville Technology Council. The report examined job postings for four software development occupations, app developers, systems software developers, web developers, and computer programmers. For MTSU News at any time, go to mtsunews.com. Nathan, welcome. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. So let's start with the smoothie business, Maui Wowie. When and how did you start that? So uh, when I was in high school up in Wisconsin, uh, my dad and his now ex-fiance uh, got into it. It's a franchise. Um, and so I sort of watched them as they were starting to do some events and getting used to it. And then when I moved down here for college uh, to study music business, there was a franchisee in Franklin, Tennessee, who uh, was no longer operating. All of his equipment was just sitting unused in a trailer. So I got in contact with him and worked out a rent-to-own agreement for his stuff, and I've been doing it ever since. So what kind of overhead do you have in that business? You, you're you renting the equipment, and what uh, what other overhead do you have? Uh, the equipment's actually mine now. I, I got to the own part of that, which okay. is awesome. So uh, you rented to own? Yep. Yep. Okay, great. Um, so other than the upfront equipment cost, there's not a ton of overhead, at least the way I do it. Um, I just do mobile events. So when it's not operating, it just sits in the trailer at my house and doesn't really cost anything. Um, at events, I usually pay a percentage of the sales as like the rent for the spot fee. Um, so it's pretty much all variable expenses at this point. There's not a lot of uh, fixed overhead anymore. Over, except for, of course, the ingredients to make the ingredients. The yeah, that, that, uh, the, just depends on sales. Like if I'm not operating, it's not costing me money. But 
Now, do you have powders that you put in your smoothies like other smoothie operations, or is it strictly the uh, basic ingredients? Uh, we pride ourselves on uh, being all natural, uh, nothing artificial. It's the real fruit. Um, so we just have uh, it's uh, the fruit puree, non-fat Greek yogurt, ice, and a banana. Uh, we keep it real simple, real natural, and hopefully very healthy. What flavors do you have? Uh, our top seller is probably uh, strawberry. Uh, we have mango orange, pina colada, and uh, black raspberry is my personal favorite. And then we do various combinations of those with fun names like Hawaiian Dreamsicle or Hawaiian Breeze. That's cool. If people want to mix different ingredients that you happen to have on end and sort of create their own idea of a smoothie, are you willing to do that for them? Of course. I have some people walk up and they're like, just pour all the flavors in one cup. And uh, I've unofficially named it the Luau. <laughs> okay. And where do you set up your stand? At what types of events or places? I do a lot of uh, like youth sporting events, volleyball tournaments. I've done some soccer tournaments, a lot of cheer and dance competitions, show choir, uh, some fair and festivals, stuff like that. Uh, about how much do you earn? How lucrative is it? Uh, I think last year I did like 80000 in sales. Did you? Was that gross or net? Uh, that's gross. Mm -hmm. um, profit margin is probably around 40-ish percent. Mm, that's still pretty good. It's enough I keep doing it, not enough to stop doing it. <laughs> do you, you have to pay to be allowed to set up at certain places, yep. right? Yep, yep. Uh, usually, uh, we don't, I, I work with youth groups a lot, uh, when they're hosting tournaments or whatever at their school and, uh, you pay them a percentage of sales. Usually it works out to be about 20%. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the more money we make, the more money they make. And it, uh works out best for everybody. Is that better than trying to align yourself with some big commercial concern or something like that? Uh, I think so. Uh, there are other Maui Wowies around the country that do like the big arenas and the expo centers and they do well, but I, I really like my sort of niche of the uh, the working with youth groups and get to support them. And I love when uh, the donation can go to choral programs. Like I was, I was big in that in high school. So it's kind of fun to support that and be around that world and mm -hmm. Sales are usually pretty good. <laughs> uh, I take it that uh, even though you're just a part-time business, you've still addressed all the licensing and health department concerns, all of the bureaucracy. You know? Oh, that, that's the least fun part by far. I actually, uh, one of the reasons I live in Lebanon is because I love, love, love my health inspector. She's amazing. Uh, she got me set up with a home commissary permit, so I'm able to wash dishes at home legally. It's fantastic, but I, I'm 100% on board and legal, and it's great, and it took a while to get here. <laughs> and you're clean and hygienic, too. Oh, of course. All of that, definitely. And I have all the permits that say that, yes, he is definitely. Do you have to renew that permit, those permits every year? or Every single year. I just sent Tennessee like $900. Oh, man. Yeah. Just for your little business. Well, because uh, it's like $300 for the the permit for the cart and then another 300 some dollars for the home commissary permit. And then uh, the LLC costs $300 a year. And uh, oh. it adds up. Do you have to send part of it back to uh, Maui Wowie headquarters? Nope. Uh, Maui Wowie, they don't charge us a royalty, uh, but we have to buy all of our supplies from them. So that's where they get their, their money. Okay. We'll take a break here. We'll be back in just a moment. This is MTSU on the Record. The Tennessee Employment Relations Research Association, or TERA, gives labor relations specialists and academics a chance to share their views and their data. TERA wants academics and other interested in human resources and industrial relations to work together at meetings and conferences to strengthen the workplace. Many MTSU faculty belong to TERA, which has members in 20 states and 7 nations. 
For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The American Democracy Project is a nonprofit initiative which strives for greater voter registration and civic participation among young people at MTSU and at campuses nationwide. Through encouragement from professors and peers, young adults are shown the value of being more active citizens in their community, their state, and their nation. ADP seeks to nurture programs that raise the campus community's level of engagement with society. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. We're talking with Nathan Fink. He's a music business major originally from Wisconsin, but now lives in Lebanon, Tennessee. And he has a couple of businesses uh, going that help him pay for college. Uh, You also mow lawns. Uh, How do you make contacts and manage that business? Uh, So the way I sort of got started down here is uh, there's a website called yourgreenpal.com. You can sign up to be a vendor if you have some equipment, and uh, it sends out uh, bids. Uh, When homeowners sign up, they put in their address, and it goes out to the different lawn care companies, and you can bid your price, and if they pick you, you mow the lawn for that price then. And uh, there's a couple different apps like that. I know uh, Tackle does it. Uh, So that's a way to get kind of started. Uh, You can go door to door. I do door hangers, uh, like, you know, the do not disturb for your hotel room, except it's about me and lawn mowing. And I'm like, hey, you should let me mow your lawn. Mm -hmm. Here's how much I'll charge. And people call from that. And of course, there's word of mouth is uh, always a good one, but that takes a little bit longer to get going. Do you do Craigslist or Angie's List or anything like that? Uh, There are a lot of guys that do Craigslist. I'm not a huge fan. Those, uh, the clients you get off of Craigslist tend to be a little bit lower quality. Mm-hmm. I, um, Angie's List, some people have success with that. I'm not a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's tons of ways to find business as a lawn person. If, if you want to mow lawn, mm-hmm. there's such demand around here. If you just have a lawnmower, you will be able to find business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to do it at certain times of the year and you have to watch the weather. Uh, those are concerns, right? <laughs> I, uh, I have everything set up on a schedule. I do all my lawns either uh, every week or biweekly, depending on uh, what the client wants and what they want to pay for. And uh, whether I can't control it, I just have to kind of roll with the punches. You just take what you can get. And do you get any big clients like people out in the country with lots of acres or is it mostly residential lawns? I I have specifically tried to focus on small uh, urban properties. Uh, I, I pretty much just mow in Nashville. Um, if you're doing the bigger properties, you want to have like yourself and a crew of guys that helps you out. I'm just solo, so I like doing the little properties, right? I feel like I can be more efficient. I can get through two or three lawns in an hour, and I, th- I think that's the most profitable for a solo operator. Tell me about your mower. What kind of uh, equipment do you have? I actually have three. Uh, they're all Skag V-Rides, uh, which are standard mowers, which uh, were, it's basically the standing, de- uh, the standing desk of the lawn mowing world. Mm-hmm. I have a 36-inch uh, to get into like little backyards, and then a 61-inch deck uh, for the main stuff, and a 52 in the middle. Um, and actually, all of the lawnmowers, uh, the Skag lawnmowers, are from my hometown in Mayville, Wisconsin, which I think is amazing. And they're also fantastic mowers. Mm-hmm. It's sort of paying back your hometown, isn't it? it, it yes. I, uh, I know a lot of people back home that work for Skag. So, one, I think they're fantastic mowers on their own right. They're one of the best commercial mowers you can buy. Uh, and they're in my hometown. So, I mm-hmm. kind of like it. They're not enclosed mowers. So you're exposed to the elements yep. as you ride. Yep. Uh, all day. <laughs> Do you also have edgers like weed eaters? And- yep. Uh, I use uh, Shindawa, uh, if uh, that matters. Um, uh, Shindawa for the string trimmers. And then I have a Echo Blower, okay. a leaf blower, big old backpack one. Mm. 
That's cool. Uh, how lucrative is your lawn mowing business? The average day of mowing is better than the average day of Maui Wowie. The best day of Maui Wowie is better than the best day of mowing. Um, like I said, mowing, you can do two to three yards an hour if you're really working. You can charge, on average, 40 bucks a yard. Mm -hmm. So if you do the math, that works out pretty well. And uh, your expenses is the upfront equipment and then just gas and time. It's maybe like a 10, 15 percent mm -hmm. uh, expense. So it's it's pretty lucrative. Since you stick uh, mostly in the Nashville area, you don't have to travel all around hell and a half acre. Nope. Uh, although, I mean, driving from Lebanon into Nashville every day for mowing isn't exactly short. But um, the, the key to being profitable when you're mowing lawn is getting all your yards in one spot and not uh, driving around because that's, that's when you're losing money. Yeah. You, you burn more money on gas than mm -hmm. you make mowing the lawn. Yep. Uh is there a downside to all of this? Do you ma how do you manage your time? How do you keep your energy up? Well, I mean, yeah, that's that's the big downside. I don't I don't go out to parties very much. I don't have a ton of free time. Um, it's it's definitely a negative. I don't live the college life, uh, but there's other things I don't have to worry about. Like I don't have to worry about money like some of my friends do. But also, they seem like they have more fun than me sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you don't get tired. You don't just come home from a day of, of studies and mowing or Maui Wowie and just collapse into a chair and go. <sighs> Absolutely. There's there's a lot of rough times, a lot of tired times. Uh, Maui Wowie, you can be up getting stuff ready for an event at three in the morning and hate your life or you can be mm -hmm. behind on mowing because it's raining and mm -hmm. it's it gets rough sometimes. Um when everything overlaps, I, I try to have Maui Wowie mostly in the cooler months, mowing in the warmer months. Um, but usually like April and May, it's when school and mowing and um, Maui Wowie all, over, all overlap. And it's like 100 hour plus weeks and it, it gets rough. But if somebody had an indoor event going on, uh, even in the winter time, and they wanted Maui Wowie, you would probably be able to accommodate them, right? Indoor events are actually, indoor events in the winter are the best Maui Wowie events. I don't, I don't like doing outdoor events. Really? Our, our busiest, or my busiest time at least, is like January, February, March, um, doing indoor dance competition show choir. And uh, it's indoors, so you don't have to worry about the weather, and it's, it's warm inside. And so. a captive audience, too. Cap of audience, I'm not. I'm not doing mowing then, uh, so it, it works out really well. Yeah. Uh, can people pay you uh, with credit cards or debit cards? Can you accept that, or do you have to go by cash or check? Uh, I, I accept credit cards. I use a uh, Square. Uh, it's a little white thing that kind of plugs into your phone. Uh, if you've seen small businesses using that, mm -hmm. uh, they actually also have an invoicing tool that I use for lawn mowing. I uh, just e send e invoices to people's emails that they can pay with their card. So. Square is very good. If anyone's thinking about doing their own business, check them out. And you give the mowing customers receipts, I take it. Uh, it it's all uh, automated okay. with uh, Square's invoice system, which is wonderful. Okay. And Maui Wowie, I take it, those customers can get receipts uh, uh, digitally as well. If they want it, most people just say, nah. Yeah. We'll take a break here. We'll be back. This is MTSU on the record. Women in Science and Engineering, or WISE, helps college women prepare for and become involved in science-related careers. WISE nurtures women's interest in these fascinating and critical fields and provides mentoring and networking opportunities. The group's main goal is to assure women of their importance in all scientific and technical fields and to promote equal opportunity and treatment of women in science. I'm Dr. Judith Iriarte-Gross, WISE advisor. 
For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. The mission of the June Anderson Center for Women and Nontraditional Students is to provide education, advocacy, direct services, outreach, and programming for the MTSU campus and surrounding community on gender-related issues. The center also assists older students who are trying to balance work, college, and family. It also sponsors a monthly legal clinic, career brownback series, book club, and a newsletter twice a year. For all of the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Nathan Fink is our guest. He's a music business major living in Lebanon and operating two businesses to help pay for his education, Maui Wowie, which is a smoothie business, and uh, he also mows lawns. So your your goal is to graduate from college debt-free, I take it? Yes. Okay. How is it working out for you in terms of money that you earn versus tuition, books, and other college expenses? Um. Uh, pretty well. Uh, I, I I just transferred from Belmont, actually, which is quite a cost savings. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's nice. I, I did have to take out some loans initially at Belmont because moving down here and starting school and trying to start businesses from scratch was a bit of a struggle. But actually, within the next month, I think I'm going to have those paid off. And after that, I I should be good to go for however long I want to stay in college. That's really marvelous. Uh how are your studies going? I mean, you're a bu- music business major, and your entrepreneurship doesn't have anything to do specifically with the music business, but uh, does the b- music business models that you're studying, does that help inform how you run the businesses that you're doing on the side? Um, I mean, music business, it's very much the superstar market, and you have to worry about all the legal stuff, copyright, and you don't really have to do any of that with this stuff. Okay. It's very simple. That's cool. Do you think that the initiative that you've shown in starting these two businesses will serve you well when you actually get into the music business after graduation? It may have ruined me, if we're being honest. I have <laughs> I have never had a real job ever since I was a little kid. I, I mean, I mowed lawns in middle school and high school. I, I sold stuff at the green market. I, I mean, I do this now. I I may be unemployable at this point. <laughs> Does that mean you're too honest for the music business? It, it, I don't know how I do having a real boss. It, it's weird because like if a mowing client makes me mad, I can just say I'm not going to mow for you anymore. So you like being self-employed. I do. I really do. Um, bonuses. Uh, whenever I'm talking to myself, it's not insanity. It's just having a staff meeting. Uh Unfortunately, when my boss is being a jerk, I can't really complain because people are like, wait, aren't you your boss? And I'm like, yes. Yes. That doesn't mean I can't be a jerk to myself. Uh, have you had to pay taxes? I, I take it you've had to file. I uh, A lovely thing about the state of Tennessee is that there's no state income tax, which everyone references when That's they're talking true. about the super high sales tax, which I have to pay with the smoothie business. Mm-hmm. But there is a tax on business income, which is all of my income. So I get to pay an income tax too, basically. Okay. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> do you uh, fill out the form yourself or have somebody else do it? I do it. Um, I, I hate the Tennessee tax system so much. <laughs> I, I shouldn't say. They canceled my sales tax number one year. And so I couldn't, or when they moved to the new online system, uh-huh. and I didn't get the letter that said my new number. And so I wasn't able to file sales tax for a few months. And they hit me with so many fees. It was very sad. But. The the government is the scariest part of business ownership, just making sure you have all the forms and the permits and you you try to do your best and 
there's just so much of it. Yeah. How would you change the tax system if uh, if you could? I mean, so that it would be more equitable, in your opinion, for an entrepreneur like you? I just wish it was less complicated. Uh, there's so many business income is difficult because there's like the income you like made and then there's so many things you can deduct from it. Like you're trying to get it as low as possible. And if you don't know all the deductions you can take, you you're losing out on money, but if you're not making enough money, the amount you'd have to pay to someone who knows what they're doing would be more than you'd save. And it's it's just kind of a mess. And there's the fear that if you mess any forms up or anything, they'll put you in jail or something, which is fun. <laughs> well, since you prefer to be self-employed and you like that a lot, you like being able to call call the shots. Uh, how are you going to manage that in the music business world unless you start your own record label or uh, take over ASCAP or BMI <laughs> or <laughs> maybe start your own recording studio and, and rent out the joint? I, I mean, don't know. I really have no idea what I'm what the end goal is with the music business. I know I like business. I know I like music. Like I said, I did all the choir stuff and show choir and solo competitions in high school. So uh, the the businesses I'm doing now are the like tangible things I know I can do. I, I can make money. I can make a living. I can support myself, but I don't want to do that forever. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what I want to do. And so two things I like were on a degree name and I figure I'll take the classes, get the degree and figure out if there is a place for me in the industry and where that could possibly go. Do you think you could make a living as a session musician <laughs> or a backup singer? Oh, uh, I the thing I'm best at is just like singing a straight solo. I'm terrible at harmonies. I can't play an instrument. I'm I'm a mess. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no to that. But I, like I said, I just I like business. I like music. I'll see where that goes. If it doesn't work out and it ends up that I'm wasting my time getting that degree, I still have the mowing. I can still support myself. Mm-hmm. I can still go back to school to get another thing. Uh, the big thing about these businesses are I have options. I don't have to. I don't. I'm not on a strict four year time limit. I'm not about to run out of money. I'm not drowning in loans. I I can basically try to find the path I want to pursue for the rest of my life while supporting it with the mowing and with the smoothies. Would you like to go to graduate school and earn an advanced degree? Yeah, I've been thinking about that more lately. I'm not entirely sure, but I mean, I I could. I'm at a place in my life where I have. I can support myself. I have income coming in. I have enough free time that I can go to school. I don't have kids or a wife or anything. So maybe that is something I do. Maybe just get an MBA right away or something. You said that you've been engaged in things that help you earn money ever since you were a kid, one way or another. Where do you think this can-do spirit comes from? Because not all kids show this much get up and go, especially at a young age. I don't know. I've just always been like this. Uh, the very first thing I ever did was uh, I sold dandelions on the front lawn of my house. It was one. I was, I think, four years old. It was one for one cent or six for five cents because I understand a deal. Mm-hmm. And I made like 75 cents that day and I got my picture in the paper and it was a good day. And I just kept doing stuff ever since. I, I planted tulips the next year and sold that instead of dandelions. And collected aluminum cans and whatever I could do. I just always wanted to do it. I like, I like working. I like feeling productive. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of just sitting and watching Netflix. If, if I'm not doing anything for longer than a couple hours, I start to get antsy. What do your parents do for a living? 
Okay, so they are actually also Alton. They're also both self-employed now. They weren't when I started, so I'm going to take the credit for inspiring them. <laughs> uh, my mom is a freelance writer, and uh, my dad does this movie business. So, how are your studies going? Um, I mean, you don't have to tell us your GPA if you don't want to. But <laughs> my, my GPA is fine. I usually get A's if we're being honest. But uh, I actually just dropped a class. Um, I'm at four. I've, I've been averaging like four classes a semester, just because that that fifth one is usually works out difficult schedule wise. God, that's a lot of work. It really is. And like, I know you should take the full load, but I'm. I get tired. Yeah, of course. I mean, you you are your sole support, right? Am I correct in saying that your parents don't contribute anything monetarily to your education? They love me very much. I, I do have three younger brothers, though, one of which is also starting college this semester. And uh, so it's, it's just been me for the uh, last two years. Do you do anything in your spare time? Uh, I mean, I'm... Actually, just got a call back uh, for a musical uh, to try to be in Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, oh, so that's kind wonderful. of fun. Yeah. I, I, I go fishing. I, I do stuff like laser tag, paintball. Um, love the go karts in Nashville, uh, the Music City karting. That's a lot of fun. Mm. Stuff like that. Just nothing too extreme. Yeah. Well, we wish you the best of luck with all of your business concerns. How close are you to graduating? I have no idea. Uh <laughs> uh, like I said, I transferred from Belmont and there's. Classes that applied and classes that didn't, and I I think I'm somewhere in the midst of junior year. Okay, so you don't have that much farther to go, but you're pretty confident that if you can keep your businesses up, that you can pay for the bachelor's degree at any rate without accruing any additional debt. Definitely, actually, uh, you might get mad at me for adding this on the end, but on a personal note. The Tucker Theater at MTSU hosts several dance competitions every year. I have been talking to the guy in, uh, in charge of bringing in outside vendors for like three years now, and he hasn't been responding to my emails. But if he happens to listen to this, let me in. I'll give you a percentage. The girl, uh, they love our smoothies. You'll make money. Talk to me. <laughs> Respond to an email. I'm not kidding. I've been trying to get in for like two years. Mm -hmm. And he, he responded a couple times, and then he was like, yeah, we'll, we'll handle this uh, in the new year. And he never responded again, and I've been very sad. But I would love to be on campus doing something, doing the dance competitions. So We hope it works out for you. Thank you. Nathan Fink, thanks for being our guest. Thank you. We'll be right back. The Middle Tennessee Writing Project is a program that fosters the effective teaching of writing to students in kindergarten through high school. The project hosts annual summer institutes where teacher participants teach and learn from each other effective techniques of teaching writing. In addition, the project sponsors summer writers camps for youngsters. MTSU is one of 185 sites of the National Writing Project and one of only two in Tennessee. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. MTSU's Jewish and Holocaust Studies minor offers undergraduate students a chance to study the culture and religion of the Jewish people and the Holocaust in an interdisciplinary program. Studies include history and culture, theology and philosophy, and the arts and social sciences. Courses tackle vital topics central to local and global awareness, including multiculturalism and the meanings of diversity, religious tolerance, and genocide. For the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Jimmy Hart has the middle moment. MTSU and officials with the State Collaborative on Reforming Education, better known as SCORE, signed an agreement recently to introduce innovative strategies into the university's College of Education teacher training program. Here's former Senate Majority Leader Bill Frist 
SCORE founder and chairman. More change happens more quickly when leaders from an institution, a community, but really leaders from across the state work together for your success, for student success. MTSU shares our commitment to excellence in teaching. Dean Severs, thank you for your huge support. Dr. McVie, thank you for your huge support. That's MTSU on the record. I'm Jenna Logue. Thanks for listening. MTSU on the record, a news and information program about Middle Tennessee State University, is produced by the university's marketing and communications office, which is solely responsible for its content. Read more about MTSU at our website, mtsunews.com. Podcasts of this program are available at mtsunews.com and on iTunes.